This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And great to be joined right now by Wharton Real Estate Professor Ben Keyes. Ben, great to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So obviously very timely to be doing this show uh, with everything going on in the housing market uh, uh, right now. Uh, obviously seeing uh, mortgage rates tick over 5% uh, earlier this week. Uh, what's your read on the overall housing market at the moment? Yeah, boy, where to start, right? So on the mortgage rate side, yes, as you said, rates are now up over 5%. And that's uh, the first time they've been over 5% in, uh, in quite some time. Um, aside from a few days, uh, I think in 2018, we haven't seen rates this high uh, persistently since uh, since around 2011 or thereabouts. And so, um, so mortgage rates are are the real focus uh, among a lot of people right now. And trying to understand uh, when we see rates rise this rapidly, um, so up um, from about three and a half all the way to five percent in the past year. Uh, what impact is that going to have uh, on housing markets? And I, and I think you can sort of think about it in two ways. One is um, for uh, for existing homeowners, um, many of them locked in very low rates um, when rates were down around three or even less than three. Um, and so they uh, are. This is going to encourage them to stay put. They are going to uh, be what's called locked in uh, to their mortgage, and that might reduce their interest in moving around. And then you have the affordability issues for those on the outside of the housing market looking in. So first-time home buyers, prospective buyers are now going to be confronted with much higher monthly payments for the same size house. Yeah, and then you have to throw in the refi market as well, which obviously had really surged over the last couple of years because of those low rates. And now uh, a lot of people are just staying away from it right now because it doesn't make sense for them to think about refinancing their home at the moment. Exactly. So when the refi market collapses, you know, first there's a there's a labor market effect to that, right? The loan officers, all those people who are producing um, those refinanced mortgages, um, many of them are out of work. And we've heard in recent weeks, a lot of uh, the large lenders have been laying people off. Um, but they also frequently look for other kinds of opportunities. And this is where I think back to the early 2000s. I think of the, the rate rises uh, coming in 2002 or thereabouts when we start to see a, a big increase in the issuance of some of these affordable mortgage products. So the products that had teaser rates and option arms and all of the sort of scary monsters that we think back from the, from the financial crisis, um, those really grew out of a, a similar collapse in the refinancing market. And so it'll be interesting to see whether um, lenders pivot to um, some of these more affordable products, especially in the face of, of high prices. On, on the, on the house, homeowner side, you're exactly right. There's just no financial incentive to refinance the entire balance of your outstanding mortgage at a higher interest rate. And so what that means is, is that households are going to turn to uh, alternative ways to tap into their home equity. And there's a lot of home equity out there right now, given where prices have gone in the last couple of years. And so we're going to see an increase in demand for things like closed and second liens or home equity lines of credit. Yeah, in fact, in fact, Ben, I can tell you firsthand from the mail I've been getting at my house out here in the Philadelphia suburbs, I'm seeing more and more of those home equity offers starting to come into the mail to me. So uh, a lot of these companies are really trying to lock people in, I think, before it, it gets even worse. 
Yeah, and that's, again, part of the pivot, right? So there's not a lot of interest in uh, in originating a, a, a refinancing or a cash-out refinancing where you essentially reprice the entire mortgage. And so thinking about marginal borrowing and, and the HELOC, that home equity line of credit that everyone is seeing in their mailboxes, I'm getting those too. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's certainly there. I think there's a ton of uncertainty of, about where rates are going to head um, in the coming year. And, you know, we just have a very uncertain economy at the moment, for so many reasons, we have, uh, you know, the invasion of Ukraine. We have a variety of supply chain issues. We do still have uh, a global pandemic ongoing. And then we have this question of how the Fed is going to approach, uh, approach issues with, uh, with inflation and how aggressive they're going to be. On the mortgage market side, the, the Fed has two levers, not just their one usual lever. So thinking about um, in their influence on short-term rates with the Fed funds rate um, obviously feeds into the entire yield curve, affects the 10-year Treasury rate, and what you know return investors are, are demanding for that type of safe asset, and that's going to factor in to mortgage rates. But there's also the bond buying aspect, and so the Fed built up a large portfolio of mortgage-backed securities during the financial crisis, um, and then did so again during COVID. And this was really to provide liquidity to to the market. When investors are skittish, the Fed steps in and says, you know, we will be the buyers of these mortgage-backed securities, and that keeps the mortgage market liquid during difficult times. So it plays a crucial role. Uh, but now the Fed has signaled quite strongly, and, and um, one of the Fed governors, Governor Brainerd, um, made some strong remarks saying that, um, that the Fed's going to unwind that position fairly quickly, um, that yeah. they, they view the market as – uh, sufficiently recovered and sufficiently hot, and, and so that's another factor that's that's feeding into to mortgage rates right now. And so mortgage rates that bump above five percent was in partly a response. It's always hard to trace out exactly why rates move one day to the next, but it seemed like it was partly a response to uh, the Fed signal that they won't be buying mortgage-backed securities at the same pace um, or potentially unwinding so all ne- you know uh, a negative position in the coming months. So a lot of what you just laid out there would lead me to believe that this spring selling season is going to be slower than maybe normal. There's still probably a lot of interest rate uh, out there by, you know, maybe buying a new home. But then again, the dynamics have changed so much from just 12 months ago uh, in the spring selling season. Well, this is what's fascinating about the housing market right now is that the forces of supply and demand seem to be so out of whack. (laughs) And so, you know, one of the drivers of home buying demand is is rising rents. And as rents keep rising up and up, and they've generally over the last 10 years risen faster than house prices uh, in a lot of markets, um, there's still a strong incentive to become a homeowner and to, you know, with a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, uh, lock in uh, those housing costs. And so, you know, rising rents and scarcity of, of rental units continues to push uh, push people into, uh, you know, the, sort of the, the favorability of, of owning. And then on top of that, you have um, the demographic push uh, towards homeownership. And we're seeing millennials hitting those prime home buying years. Um, they've now sort of after a very rough time coming out of the financial crisis, um, sort of be, been able to, to get a foothold in the labor market. And now we have a very strong labor market. And then during COVID, people were saving. They weren't traveling as much. They weren't spending on on services as much, going out to eat as much. And so um, so people do have those uh, those down payments. And so all of this is leading to a, a very strong demand for, for houses. And the question is, where is the supply going to come from for some of the reasons we already talked about, like this lock-in effect, um, some homeowners may not want to sell. 
yeah. but then we're also just we've underbuilt um, over a quite a long time. And so we're in a really unique housing market right now where we have both interest rates rising and we have house prices rising. Yeah. And so I, what are your thoughts on, on what the home building segment is looking at right now? Home builders obviously have had a kind of an up and down last couple of years because of the dynamics of availability of supplies and labor. The labor issue seemingly feels like it's got a chance to you know, be uh, off the books here. But then you also have to deal with the, some of the supply issues that are still there. Yeah, you know, the home builders are, like you said, really up and down is a great way to characterize what, what we've seen there. And, they, you know, again, they are very sensitive to things like interest rates and thinking about is there going to be appetite for the houses that we build that won't be finished for 18 months, 24 months, 36 months. And so is this a good time to start working on a, on a, new, uh, on a new condo building or a, or a new subdevelopment? It's tricky, right? And you can think about some of the costs there and their ability to pass those costs on to buyers ultimately. But on the labor market side, the labor market is incredibly tight right now. And I think an, uh, sort of an unappreciated feature of the labor market is, is immigration, um, that we've had uh, a sharp decline in immigration um, and really peaking in 2016. So we're, we're at five years, essentially, of, um, of reduced um, or even shrinking, uh, shrinking immigration. And so you know, that is definitely driving up costs for, for builders who have traditionally drawn on immigrant labor in many cases. And then in terms of materials and the supply chain issues that have only exacerbated some of the problems that were artificially created, in my view, with, with some of the tariffs that were, were put in place uh, on yeah. some essential materials for building. All these things are driving up costs for home builders. And that if you think about the price point, then, you know, where are they going to be um, offering their uh, offering their 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 new product, right? That means that they need to to sell at a higher price in order for these projects to pencil out. And so, what you're seeing is much more luxury um, kinds of development coming into the pipeline, and that just means that uh, there's a lot more competition at that end of the market, and and much less so at the at the lower end of the market. And that presumably leads to uh, to you know the ability for landlords at the low end, in particular, to to drive up rents. All right. Ben, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for your insight. Yeah, absolutely. We covered a lot of ground, but it's a, it's a very exciting area to, to be keeping close tabs on right now. So thanks so Absol- much for having me. Absolutely, Ben. Yeah, and we're going to be talking with you, no doubt, uh, throughout the, the course of the year quite a bit uh, as things develop. Wharton Real Estate Professor Ben Keyes. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.